Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, good day, everybody, and welcome to Carolina Newsmakers. We're delighted today to have a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and that is um, animals. And we have as our guest, Kim Jansen, who is the president and CEO of the Society of the, for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, SPCA of Wake County. Now, don't let that uh, uh, designation fool you, because they also work in 59 counties across the state, and all of our conversation today will involve uh, all the SBCAs and the challenges they're facing or organizations that are similar across the state. Kim, thank you for being with us, and uh, we appreciate very much all the work you do. How about just giving us a little bit of background on how SBCAs work, how they're organized, where their funding comes from, and so forth. Just take uh, as much time as you'd like to bring us up to date on exactly how the organization works. Sure, absolutely. And thank you for the invitation to join you today. I'm super excited to talk about animals, very near and dear to my heart as well. Uh, Humane organizations, whether they are called uh, the local SPCA or the Humane Society of wherever, function really for the purpose of saving animal lives, specifically the lives of homeless pets uh, from their community. They are set up almost always as 5013C nonprofit organizations, usually founded by uh, people who are local to the community and who want to make a difference. There are a couple of misnomers uh, that I'll I'll just jump in and, and address right away. Um, and in this case, I'll use the SPCA of Wake County as an example. So we are uh, funded, as most SPCAs are, completely by private donations. Every cent of our budget comes from either adoption fees or um, the uh, generous support from people in our community. That is that is really important because a lot of times our organizations get confused with municipal organizations that are funded by tax dollars. The other interesting thing that is a misnomer about these organizations is that many people think that each one is affiliated with and funded by the ASPCA, which is the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And the truth is that every SPCA is independent, completely independent from the any national organization, and also completely independent from one another. So the way we work together is through uh, through collaboration, and that's that's how we get our best work done. Uh, I wish I could tell you exactly how many SPCA SPCAs there are across North Carolina. Um, and I, I don't have that number right at my fingertips, but it is a lot. And there are a lot of really great people in this state doing great things for animals. Um, most organizations really struggle to keep up with the number of animals coming in to their facilities at any given time. Uh, I refer to that as putting a twin size sheet on a king size bed where the needs in our communities are so great that no one organization or even a couple of organizations working together can solve all of the problems. Um, 
traditionally SPCAs have taken humane organizations. I'm going to refer to them as humane organizations from here on out, because that really will encompass um, the whole statewide approach. Um, Humane organizations exist to protect animals. And in the case of the SPCA of Wake County, our mission is to transform the lives of pets and people through protection, care, education, and adoption. One of the really interesting things that is happening in the world of animal welfare right now is that our approach is evolving in ways that people are just starting to learn about. Um, Traditionally, you know, the SPCA of Wake County has been here for since 1967. And traditionally, we have taken taken a somewhat, I'll call it reactive approach to problems of pet overpopulation. Animals come in, we treat them medically, we uh, address their behavior issues, and we adopt them out. We take them in, we adopt them out. What is happening now is that we have recognized it is so much better if we could keep animals from ever needing shelter services to begin with. So one of the things that we're focused on now is keeping pets in homes by providing families the resources they need to keep their pets in homes where they belong. So we can get to that in a little bit, but that provides um, just a very basic overview of what some of the some of the work that is happening with SPCAs and humane organizations across the state. Uh, are you? You have, uh, of course, a paid staff that works uh, full time, but you also have a large number of volunteers. Uh, what percentage of the work uh, on average is done by volunteers and what is done by the paid staff? Well, that's really hard to quantify by a by a percentage. What I will tell you is that we have 75 staff members and we have about 1200 volunteers. So on any given day, I would say um, 85% of the work is done by staff members because they're highly trained to do that work. And the other, um, the balance of that is uh, completed by volunteers. We could not do what we do every year without without the help of our volunteers. They are absolutely incredible. And of course, most of the volunteers, in addition to donating their time, are also donating their resources in most cases. Exactly. Yep. Yes. So uh, the uh, you know this is a this is a very interesting uh, new approach that you're taking, where you are, uh, and we see this in child welfare, uh, the same kind of approach that uh, organizations like the Methodist Children's Home is doing with children. It's uh, very similar. Yes, provide resources. So that so that kids don't have to enter the system. You're exactly right. No. Um, so, so what kind of aid do you give uh, out to, to homeowners that are having trouble? Well, I'll provide you some real world examples, if I may. Okay. Um, during COVID, one of the programs that we were able to build. Um, as you know, the economic realities of the pandemic were starting to hit our local community, more and more people were really struggling to keep their pets um, from a financial perspective. It was really tough. So we 
created a partnership with um, Meals on Wheels of Wake County. And through them, we, we created a partnership that allowed us to join forces and distribute pet food to people in need. And that partnership continues to this day and grows um, is seemingly every month. Every week we go to one of their um, one of their help distribution sites and distribute pet food and supplies to people in need. Now, are you able to do that in all 59 counties? Because not all of those counties would have meals on wheels, I would imagine. Uh, we're not right now, but that is certainly one of the things we, we hope to do in the future. Um, one of the other ways that we help people keep their pets is another real world example is a couple of weekends ago, we did a, um, microchip, a a free microchip and vaccine clinic. And in two days time, we vaccinated and or microchipped 500 pets of families who um, who needed that service and were not economically able to afford it elsewhere. So uh, for those who might not know what a microchip is, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, a microchip is something that is implanted in right between the shoulder blades of a pet. Um, that it's a it's electronic chip that can be scanned if your dog gets lost, if your dog or cat gets lost, and then they can use that information to find the owner. So that's wonderful because it keeps animals, lost animals, from having to enter the shelter system. So note to note to your listeners, if you ever find a lost pet, please, please, please take them to your local veterinarian and have them scanned for a microchip. It's the easiest way to reunite pets with their families. So now how do you work with animal control uh, in the counties that, that you serve? You know, what we're doing right now is we have uh, transfer partnerships with largely municipal, largely rural shelters who are really struggling to keep up with the demand in their communities. And as an example, in 2022, we took in the SPCA of Wake County took in um, about 4,000 animals. Two-thirds of those came from rural counties across the state of North Carolina. And about a third of them came from Wake County Animal Services, the tax-funded, the taxpayer-funded organization in um, in Raleigh, in Wake County. Yeah. And so what the reason we focus on those animals in those rural municipal shelters is because they really lack the resources to deal with the number of animals coming through their doors. And those are the animals that we find are most at risk for euthanasia. So what we do is we transfer those animals into our care, provide whatever medical care they need, um, get them ready for adoption, and then adopt them out to folks in Wake County. On average, how long does it take you from bringing in a pet to having it ready for adoption? That is such a great question, and it can vary. The truth is that as animals at the SPCA, and this is one of the things that really sets us apart, animals at the SPCA stay at the SPCA until they find an appropriate adopter. So I have seen that uh, take five days. I've seen it take five months. 
And we've seen it take um, a year and a half in some cases, but we don't give animals a, a time frame. I will tell you that once once a pet reaches our adoption floor, uh, a dog will stay maybe about 15 to 20 days. A puppy will stay less than 24 hours and uh, cats will stay about 10 days. Now, do you go beyond dogs and cats? We do. We do. We take in what I call small mammals, uh, which encompasses rabbits, mice, uh, gerbils, and guinea pigs. Lots and lots of guinea pigs. We had a guinea pig come in last week that had nine babies. My goodness. Well, I would. Uh, I, I, that was a throwaway question. I had no idea that you did that sort of thing. That's interesting. Our guest is Kim Jansen. She's the president and CEO of the uh, SPCA uh, and uh, of not only Wake County, but of the 52, uh, 59 counties that Wake County serves. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a lot more about uh, uh, what to know when you're donating your pet to organizations and how to adopt dogs and cats and such. We'll do that right after we take time out for these messages. As veterans, we're no strangers to helping others. It's what we were taught, trained, and told to do. It could be for anything. Helping a friend move. Listening to a fellow veteran for hours at any hour of the day. Or just simply making time for people. A neighbor, a loved one, or even a stranger. We're often the first to help others. There's no question about it. But we do have one question for the veterans listening. When was the last time you reached out for help? Perhaps it's time to do for yourself what you would do for others. If you or someone you know needs resources, whether it's for stress, finances, employment, or mental health, don't wait. Reach out. Find more information at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week has been Kim Jansen, and we've been talking about uh, uh, the work of the SPCA of Wake County, which, as we said, uh, serves some 59 counties, but also just humane organizations across the state in general. 
but you've got some kind of exciting plans that you're looking for uh, as far as future development. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. We do. In 2020, the SPCA of Wake County launched the most sweeping initiative uh, in our history since 1967. And that is we launched a capital campaign to raise the money to build North Carolina's first ever regional campus for pets and people right here in Raleigh. The idea is that with uh, we're going to build a new pet resource and admission center and this combined campus that will be in concert with our pet adoption center. Um, and this campus will function as a central deployment center to take services out to rural counties um, and continue to build on the relationships that we have built with shelters around the state in order to provide resources, in order to solve the problems of pet overpopulation at its roots. In order to do that, we have to do really four things. We have to decrease the number of animals entering area shelters. We have to increase the number of live animals leaving shelters. We have to change the hearts and mind of people in our community, and we have to have the resources to do, to do those first three things. So this uh, is a, an enormous effort. It is a project with a $21.5 million price tag. And we have to date raised $17.9 million. That's fantastic. So you're almost 80% there or a little bit more yes. than 80%. Yeah. Yes. So how long does your campaign go on? Until, we're Until done. you raise the money. <laughs> That's right. Until we are done. Our plan right now is to break ground on the site work in early 2024. Um, and hopefully break ground on the new facility. It's a 26,000 square foot state-of-the-art animal housing and resource facility. Uh, hopefully we will break ground on that in um, early fall 2024. So uh, it so is. If, so if it, someone's interested in participating, I'm sure you would be delighted to get that information from them. How do they get in touch with you? How they get in touch with me is uh, my email is kjanzen at spcawake.org. kjansen at spcawake.org. Or they can call our main number at 919-772-2326. I yes, hope it is I would very, urge people very exciting. To, most people are uh, always very generous when it comes to pets. And if they are new to the area and want to, to look at uh, an organization that does great work, uh, this is certainly one of them. And the capital campaign, of course, sounds so interesting. And I'm excited about that. Uh, generally speaking, let's talk a little bit about the laws in North Carolina. Does North Carolina, uh, are our laws concerning pets uh, uh, fairly adequate in North Carolina, or do we have some laws that you'd like to see changed? They are wholly inadequate in North Carolina. Um, our laws protecting animals in North Carolina, um, 
pets, dogs, cats are considered livestock and um, have, they, they do not have adequate protection from cruelty under North Carolina law. Also our um, puppy mills, puppy mill laws uh, are inadequate and uh, really, really are wholly, wholly inadequate in protecting pets from the travails of um, puppy mills, the horrors of puppy mills. Terrible. It would seem like, uh, uh, do you have an advocacy group that goes before the General Assembly to seek changes? We we, um, We don't. There are a couple of national organizations that help with that. Um, but that is certainly on our list for the future. I would imagine that uh, you would find some uh, some uh, some members of the General Assembly that would be uh, interested in taking that on. I'm just guessing because uh, most members of the General Assembly probably have pets and uh, would would be maybe surprised to find out that our laws are inadequate. I'm I'm not sure how that works, but. Uh, uh, that would be something that would be uh, uh, something I would hope that uh, your organization would look into and try to get some advocacy working to change the laws because uh, pets are not like livestock. I, they know, are I, not, but you know the ag lobby is strong in North Carolina. Um, so, uh, what are the other uh, problems or opportunities that you see for organizations like yours? Uh, that uh, you would like to see happen here in North Carolina or in your particular area? Well, my biggest thing is about collaboration. It is, I feel like we can do so much more by working together than we can by working in our own little silos. And so that is something that the SPCA, uh, SPCA Wake has worked on a lot over the last 10 years everybody has their strengths everybody has their places where um we can we can join forces and and really do some good work for animals um i think rallying around the needs of animals in our state is it's a moral imperative and we all have we every animal welfare organization should be working together in lockstep we might do things differently we might not do we might not do things exactly the same way but it is only through collaborative partnership that we can make a real difference in saving the lives of homeless pets across the country or across the state now i didn't ask you earlier and i perhaps should where are you located in wake county so that the folks in this area that want to come i'm talking about the raleigh area right now want to come and look at pets that they might want to adopt if you want to see the pets uh, online, you can go to spcawake.org, or you can come visit us at our pet adoption center, and that address is 200 Pet Finder Lane. Oh, interesting title! <laughs> so you do you do uh, show them online? That's interesting. We do. Are these live action or just still photos? It's still photos uh, and and videos. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would People, imagine I'm just guessing that occasionally you take in a dog or a cat and you the staff becomes uh, 
interested in that dog or pet and finds it hard to give it up every darn day <laughs> our our you i just i wish you could meet our entire staff they are absolutely incredible and they they are the way these folks are committed to the animals in our care is truly truly remarkable and um and and the volunteers too i mean we we would not be where we are today in our ability to save animal lives without the dedicated people who help us every single day. And uh, that is the same for our awesome board of directors. And it is certainly true for the uh, generous folks in our community who support our work, have supported it for years, and I hope will continue to support it. Now, a lot of people join this program in progress. Uh, We want to mention and sort of repeat something you said earlier on. You are not funded by government money. This is all volunteer uh, or actually uh, donated by the uh, community. You're totally funded outside of government. Now, there are organizations within government that work in the same area in in, in some regard that are part of government, but the SPCA is not. That's correct. Yep. So what what is your total budget? It is $6.4 million. And that's over 59 counties. Mm Mm-hmm. And so how many of you, I I think you told me earlier, you had 75 staff members. How many of those are located outside of the Wake, uh, the physical Wake County area? All of them are in Wake County. Okay. Yep. Now the, uh, so your range is uh, 59 counties. Geez, that's over half the state. That's a tremendous area. So how does someone say four counties over uh, interact with you uh, when they either need to uh, bring you a pet for adoption uh, or look for one? Our work in those uh, 59 counties is primarily through collaborative partnerships with other um, with with other shelters. Um, a lot of times they, in those rural areas especially, they don't have the resources necessarily to keep up with the demand of their community. So we take animals from them, we transfer animals from those shelters so that they have room to take in more animals and and we adopt them out here where there's a a huge, you know, a a big population pool, pool of potential adopters. That's what I'm trying to say. Again, uh, since uh, some people have joined us later in the program, uh, just sort of recap your top three problems or opportunities that you are looking at right now as far as the future, as far as uh, with problems and opportunities? Okay. Well, our top three opportunities, uh, they all have to do with um, the our upcoming regional campus for pets and people. One is to keep adopting animals in, um, taking animals in and adopting them out and increasing those numbers. Secondly, um, keeping pets in homes through people-facing programs. I call that um, focusing on the other end of the leash. And three, making sure we have the resources to continue to grow the services that people and pets in in our community need. And uh, problems? The problems are um, trying to put a twin size sheet on a king size bed <laughs> in terms of resources every single day. 
Well, Kim, this has been delightful and very informative, and I'm so excited about to hearing about your plans for the capital campaign and also all the other services that you're offering. Again, the telephone number, if you'd like more information, is 919-272-2326. Actually, that's not quite right. It that's is- right. It's 772. There you go. <laughs> 772-2326. I couldn't read my own writing, which is... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes it's a handicap. Thank you so much for being with us. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the entire broadcast. Or if you happen to be in one of the markets where you only hear the 30-minute version of the program, you can hear the other two segments as well. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he promises me faithfully that next week you'll have another interesting guest. Perhaps not quite as interesting as Kim, but maybe just as much so. Who knows? We'll see you next week here on Carolina Newsmakers. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Carolina Newsmakers.